Welcome into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, every single day, if it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, well, at least five days a week, if it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, it's a big deal to us. Uh, and we're going to talk about it and just pull it apart and, and you know, have a good time. I'm joined, uh, my name, I, will, I'll, I can introduce you first, but I'm not going to. My name is Jay Kyle Mann, and I have a website called The Dime Drop, and I am joined always every single time by Kyle Tucker of the athletic yeah Kyle Kyle Tucker the old that old rascal that old writing rascal uh, the, the famously the most uh, excitable volatile personality in in the UK media uh, the <laughs> guy the guy that uh, threatened to fight Matt Jones for throwing a uh, Popcorn in his hair. Uh, the guy who uh, made Dan Mullen so mad at, at uh, SEC Media Days. Or no, it was it was Jim, Jim McElwain. You asked me about the game, but you, yeah, I mean, you stood I, up to Mullen too. Yeah, Mullen and I had it out over the the uh, the domestic uh, violence uh, offender on his football team that he seemed to want to just make a bunch of excuses for. But uh, no, I made I made. Uh, Jim McElwain mad because I uh, made a joke about him being naked on a shark. Allegedly naked on a shark, right? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I I had my doubts until he made such a big stink about it, and then it was pretty clear to me that he was definitely the guy that was naked on the shark. <laughs> who hasn't gotten drunk and gotten, na- and gotten naked on a shark? I mean, who hasn't would, done that? My thing has always been about that, like – even if it wasn't you, that's hilarious. Like, be proud of like how funny it is. And if it was you, it's hilarious. Like, who cares? Huh? I, I mean, he's a pretty impressive dad. <laughs> kids, kids are out of the house. Dad bod. Like, it's like, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm My kids are in the house, and I'm sporting a pretty fierce dad bod. So, uh, so today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, South Carolina and preview that football game uh, because Kentucky is going to be trying to rebound from a two-game losing streak from the against Florida and Mississippi State and win that one. And we're going to try to cast our predictions, see if we're right or wrong. Then we're going to talk a little bit about the UK basketball team and and just cut it up. So uh, what, do you, what do you want to start with? What do you think? Let's just, uh, let's just jump right into the football predictions. We did our over-unders yesterday. Uh, let's, let's put it out there, put ourselves on the record. Can Kentucky make it six in a row? I think yes. I'm just, uh, underwhelmed by this South Carolina team, especially by what they did in, at Missouri last week. Um, I think there is an element. I mean, both teams are going to be relatively desperate. Uh, one and three South Carolina, two and two Kentucky. Um, I think it's, it's a major blow to either team in terms of, uh, maybe being a crippler for the for the second half of the season if you lose it. Um, I think Kentucky, I'm going to say Kentucky 27, South Carolina uh, 10, uh, 14. I'll say 27 to 14. Uh, I, I just don't think South Carolina's got much in the way of offense um, based on what I saw last week. And I, I actually, I'm going to say 27, 17, because I, I think they'll score a little bit more than that. But uh to me, like the, the the things I'm looking for are from Kentucky are will they line up and run the ball? Sort of establish more who they their their winning identity. Their winning identity under Stoops has not been at any point wing the ball around the field, and they kind of got to that the last couple of weeks. Um, they've got two running backs that are good, and AJ Rose and Cavassier Smoke. Uh, 
Um, both average well over five yards a carry. Smoke is at six yards a carry. You supposedly have this really good offensive line. Just line up and run it down people's throats. Um, you know, in South Carolina, I think, um, you know, is susceptible. Their defense is not very good. They're 13th in the league and scoring defense, giving up 29 points a game. Uh, you ought to be able to get something going offensively. And then on the other side, will, will they get, will their defensive line get back, get it back together? Um, you know, South Carolina had 16 rushing yards last week. That's not a formidable rushing attack. Um, they're 92nd in the country in sacks allowed this season. So you ought to be able to get to the freshman quarterback. Um, so that's, that's what I, where I'm looking at Kentucky. What I want to, what I want to find out about what they're made of this week is can they line up and run the ball? Can they line up and on the other side, um, and be disruptive in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you ever think we're going to see Chris Rod- Rodriguez get back in he, mm-hmm. after getting in the doghouse? I think he might be there forever. <laughs> really? Um, no. Is I, that based I, on anything you've heard? No. You just, I, I, I think you know. I think he'll get a chance at some point. And you also just have to assume in the SEC that one of those running backs turns an ankle or you know gets a shoulder knocked around the wrong way, um, and he'll get his opportunity. But you know, it's tough to play. When everybody's healthy, it's tough to play more than two backs, especially when you have a guy like Lynn Bowden who's, you know, stealing some snaps in the Wildcat and uh, things like that. I, it's just it's tough, and 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 two the margin for error is so small for Kentucky right now that you I don't think you can go with anybody that you worry is going to turn the ball over, which is why I think you you dial it back a lot with Sawyer Smith because you know you can't. There is not another option to replace him, but you worry about his turnovers. So are you going to play the turnover-prone quarterback and the fumble-prone running back together? Eh, probably not. Not, not, as, not if you can avoid it. Yeah, you, you, could see, you could see where they really could use that grinder. It's a shame that he's been in the doghouse because there are some situational kind of places where I think they could have used a guy who can turn his legs and get one or two, you know, after yeah. after contact. But uh, I think that's right. I mean, I, I think that's kind of the downside of what happened early is I, I think he's built to be the, the third and one guy, go get you a yard. But uh, he might also, uh, in his second effort, cough the ball up so that's that's the give and take Kentucky especially yeah like uh, Kentucky really especially can't afford to have those uh, live ball well everything is a live ball turnover in football but they they can't they can't afford to have you know those types of turnovers especially when you have such a turnover prone decision questionable decision maker back there uh, throwing the ball so uh, I would say for my prediction I think Kentucky's going to put some points on the board. Uh, I think I'm going to say 31-17. That's going to be my prediction. 31-17. So 27-17 and 31-17 are our official predictions. I don't don't, – we've been kind of close to each other uh, every week. Um, I think we we were pretty – both of us ended up pretty close to the number last week. We both predicted a relatively close loss, I think. You know, in the seven to ten point range for mm-hmm. Kentucky, and what it ended up being twenty eight to thirteen. God, I yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I've been bad yeah, about remembering the score. It was that, yeah, because yeah. it was twenty. They were in striking distance until the very end. It was twenty one thirteen, and they gave up that touchdown. But uh, yeah, so we'll see. Uh, I, I think I think they make it six in a row. You obviously do too. Uh, I'll be really curious how much that drives the South Carolina people batty if that happens. 
I think uh, they're since, already bad. Yeah, since they seem to have this attitude of like it's just truly unfathomable to lose five in a row to Kentucky. Um, yeah, it would. But this, but, and I would say too, though, like it, there there are certainly things to complain about. There's also a lot of positive stuff in the Stoops Stoops era, and and putting together a six game winning streak against a team that dominated you for more than a decade, uh, almost a decade and a half. Thir- Thirteen out of fourteen, you lost to South Carolina. If you if you put together a six game winning streak against somebody in your league who's done that to you in a recent in the recent past, um, that's that is the mark of uh, you know improving your station. You know they've they've leapfrogged Vanderbilt. There's no question they've leapfrogged South Carolina. I think pretty first, much leapfrogged Missouri. First uh, real big win of the Stoops era was that road win against uh, the the uh, what's his name. Uh, Patrick Tolles led that game where they just were marching down the field. Um, wait, wasn't that? No, they that won? was at home. Well, they didn't they beat South Carolina on the road too, where they were just they were just throwing it all over the place. Maybe I'm misremembering that. But well, yeah, I mean, they, the, they had a like in Stoops' very first year when they had. Uh, it's crazy. Like their very first year uh, when they had Jalen Whitlow at quarterback, they went to at the time number four South Carolina, um, and played to the final series. It was 38-25 they lost. Um, and, and they then, were scrappy against Louisville at home in the first yeah. half. I remember that year. Yeah. I ultimately couldn't keep it going. But it sounds like we both kind of think that they, they will put it together. Um, I mean, I feel I feel like Muschamp is gone no matter what. Because what no matter what happens in this game, South Carolina fans are yeah. going to forget about it because of how brutal their schedule is. Yeah. Uh, don't they play? They still have... Yeah, they have mur- a murderer's roast. Well, they yeah. already played Alabama, but um, but you were talking about the first win in this winning streak. It was 2014. It was at home, uh, 45 to 38. That was not. It wasn't that they threw it all over the field. It was that they they rode JoJo Kemp. JoJo, yeah. And he had his famous "Why not Kentucky? Why not us?" Uh, speech and and you know they they ran for 240 yards that night. They averaged 6.6 yards a carry, four touchdowns. JoJo Kemp at one point had to be carried off the field. He's so <laughs> yeah. tired after one of the runs. Spurrier goes, we couldn't stop that boy. You remember <laughs> yeah, that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, yes. Another another fine Spurrierism, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This has been. I mean, this has really been one of the signature things of the Stoops era is just starting and continuing this streak uh, against a program that, that was clearly ahead of you in the pecking order in the in the division and in the league. Uh, and so I think now to have passed really to pass to have passed three teams without a que- without question in the East, so that you're in the top you know you're in the top four at the, at at your worst um, is a pretty big upgrade for Kentucky. There are a lot of years where there were bad teams in the East and they were still behind all of them. So yeah, all right. Well, we'll see. We'll uh, we'll check back in and see how right or wrong we were. So uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and just uh, take a little little break. See here. So media day, basketball media day is Monday, uh, as people are listening to this on a Friday probably or over the weekend. Um, it, it makes it real that it's about to be basketball season, uh, and I know people are still very much into the football, but it, this is going to be a top three probably preseason basketball uh, program, um, and it, it gets started like right out of the gate on opening night, election night. Uh, in 
Madison Square Garden against the preseason number one team, Michigan State. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun season with a bunch of bunch lit. of fun games. Yeah, I mean, you know, the other game, it's that way every year that uh, Kansas and Duke, I mean, those are two preseason probably top five teams as well. It is um, one of the best things college basketball has done from a, like, scheduling to get early attention perspective. The Champions Classic has been a home run to me from from day one. I mean, there were – the the first year was the first year I covered Kentucky, so 2011-12. So that makes this what the ninth, eighth or ninth, ninth and that was season. In the, the Garden against it Kansas. In, yeah, it started. Well. It, yeah, it started in the Garden, and Anthony Davis was like ready to be a college basketball. But I mean, he wasn't a superstar yet, but he played really well in that game, and you just thought like, whoa, how did they how did they beat Kansas with all these freshmen on opening night? Like that's. Well, what I remember about that game was just that that team was so talented and they were sloppy as hell, man. They were all over the place, turning the ball over, taking rough shots, but they were so long and disruptive that they just kept getting easy baskets. I I remember at one point um, Thomas Robinson being really, really frustrated uh, and uh, Relaford, the kid that ended up... um, his, it was either his brother or one. I, for, I really forget now, but one of them ended up at Alabama later on. Um, yeah. But uh, Relaford just being frustrated. Uh, that that Kansas team was just right to get beaten badly by that Kentucky team. Uh, but ended and up facing them again in the end. Yeah, which yeah, is kind of funny. Crazy, crazy book in there. And, you know, this could be a situation kind of like that. I mean, you play Michigan State on opening night. You could certainly see them again at the end of the NCAA tournament. So, um, but media day kind of kicks things off and uh everybody gets a chance to i've already interviewed a bunch of these guys either before they got here or um have spoken to some of them since they've been here for some interviews and have some more stories coming out on those and uh, and we some of the local guys have already sat down with calipari um but this is the this is the circus this is every you know Everybody with a credential in the from every corner of the state, there'll be a hundred or so people there um, firing away at Calipari, uh, and then we get all the players all in one uh, place. So I, I guess I would just put it to you. Uh, I've already asked a lot of the things I want to ask. If if you could ask, you know, one question, uh, and I put it to you this way in text, so I guess I'll ask it to you now. And the the wrinkle is you could ask any question to Calipari or any of the players uh, while they're on truth serum. <laughs> so that so you know because you sometimes you would ask a question but you wouldn't even bother because you know you're going to get a BS answer. If you knew they were going to answer truthfully, what's something you would really love to ask Cal or and or one one or multiple of these players? Oh my gosh, that's incredibly hard. I would say. There are a lot of ways you could go with that. Um, they, I wouldn't, I wouldn't waste it on like basketball type questions. I, I guess if you really wanted to get something newsworthy, you could try to get something salacious uh, and and ask about details from some of the, the times that he's had trouble. Um, I know that's not something Kentucky fans really want to hear, but well, me being the cynic that I am, <laughs> I would want to know. Uh, but what were you going to say? I'll tell you one that I think it's salacious, but Kentucky fans would love for to hear the answer to. I would want to hear his honest, completely honest opinion of Mike Krzyzewski and Duke and the recruiting battles they've had over the last five years where 
essentially 100% of them have gone Duke's way. Uh, I, I would, I, I would, in fact, but, I would, I would pay good money for a completely honest truth serum answer to that question. I think <laughs> because, we kind of know, man. I don't, we well, kind of course, know. Of course we, we kind of, of course we kind of know, but we, but we're, we're making assumptions. I want to hear him say it. And, you know, and I, and I'm, right. I'm curious, you know, I want to hear details like, okay, Cal, tell me about the Zion Williamson recruitment. <laughs> why do you why do you think you didn't get him? I, you 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 tell me there's a more interesting question to ask someone if you knew you were going to get a completely honest answer. I think, I think Kentucky. The funny thing about that one, oh, sorry. Uh, the the funny thing about that one is that I, you you kind of get the feeling that Kentucky maybe ultimately dodged a bullet because. Well, yes, absolutely. Because well, I, you know, I I don't know that any really any Duke fans would sit down and tell you like, oh, we regret Zion coming here because it was it'll ultimately I probably the good will outweigh the bad I would say, but uh, and you know they've reported that they that they didn't find any kind of wrongdoing uh, expected. Yeah, no big surprise there, but. Yeah, I'd be interested to ask Cal. I think I think that's what what I would ask him. I think I would ask him, you know, what's the deal with Worldwide West and and LeBron? What happened? Like because I think that's been the single biggest thing that's happened in the last like 5 years for Kentucky. If you could, if you could go back, I think that is the the thing that has made the biggest difference because yeah, for and, people who and, don't know, like there, there has clearly been some level of a, I don't know, if falling out is the word, but like LeBron was like Team Cal and you know, cool with Wes and all those people, and there, there seems to have been a cooling there uh, that is that has maybe hurt Kentucky in recruiting when the when the most famous person in basketball and also happens to his best friend have, happens to now be one of the most powerful agents in basketball. Uh, is maybe no longer speaking positively of you or is uh, steering people in a different yeah. direction. Uh, yeah. I think there, that, I think there's no question. There's some of that has come into play in recent years for Kentucky. So yeah, I, I, an honest answer about what all, what exactly all those relationships are uh, and how have they changed or improved or been damaged or whatever uh, and how that's impacted things would be, fascinating for sure i think it's it was just a terrible of course now i'm just transitioning into what i think about it but i I, it really just seems like it was just a terrible terribly perfect storm to to go against cal because you know it's this supposed falling out between you know rich paul lebron and worldwide west and then also cal around the time that this change happened turned down lebron you know lebron was hanging around the program for a while there sort of widely thought whenever LeBron was going to go back to Cleveland that Cal was going to take that job and then when he didn't it was just like well yeah. you know what what is what does LeBron have to to gain from from uh he's not going to just stick around and suck up to Cal because he likes him you know and uh I don't know to do and then also well trust me I think Kentucky fans would take the trade off of Cal not leaving because <laughs> because <laughs> that's the, true the, oh, good, yeah. the good relationship with the LeBron wouldn't be helping Kentucky anymore if it was because he went to coach him with the Cavs but, and that uh, would have been short-lived too because the the Cleveland thing Cal wouldn't have had that much of an impact on the Cleveland thing and, he, and LeBron would have probably gotten him fired because that's yeah what he does <laughs> yeah Cal would be uh-huh coaching ucla right now probably or something yeah, like that that's, if it that's probably that's probably true um i mean it's yeah. 
that's a fascinating story in and of itself. I mean, that's another truth truth serum question, but Cal's been relatively honest about it. I sat down with him in the Bahamas four or five years ago. Um, He basically said, like, if Andrew and Aaron Harrison and Willie and those guys had not already committed to coming back and, and missed their window to enter the NBA draft to play for him, he would have probably taken that job, but he just could not, like, it would have been a really, really a holeish move to, <laughs> to let all those guys, you know, pass on the draft and not and, and the deadline had passed and then take that job. Yeah. Um, and, you know, yeah. I mean, he would, could have recovered from it, but um, you know, he just wouldn't do it. So um, to hear him talk a little bit about more about that too on Truth Serum would be really interesting. Like, have you ever really deeply regretted that that you didn't get a chance to coach the greatest player ever? Mm-hmm. Um, but what about that? What about just basketball wise? Um, is there something you would want to ask, even if it's not truth serum, just something you would really want to ask anybody on this team, on this roster? Uh, let's, we should, we should table that. Cause I, for our, well, well, let's, let's take a break and we'll come back and absolutely let's talk about that. Cause that, that's interesting. So yeah, you, you were saying, uh, what basketball wise, what I, I mean, Aside from just, to be honest, man, I'm just really, I, I've always wanted to sit down with a coach of that level and just ask them just just nuts and bolts, just basketball philosophy questions, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, you could take it in a, in, a, in a critical way where you would like second guess decisions that they've made, I guess, throughout their career. That would be a really interesting thing to do. Uh, I in terms of where my mind goes to like the Wisconsin game, but I feel like I almost kind of feel like Cal's been fairly transparent about the way that went down. Like the way, the way he talked about, you know, dancing with the one that, that brought, or that you brought to the, or whatever, whatever phraseology he used. You remember that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, isn't that what he said? Didn't he say something like that? I'm sure he did. I mean, that, that was certainly the, the mentality behind it that, I mean, and it's, it's very difficult to argue with like the dudes who, made every clutch play to get you to the national championship game the year before being like, okay, sit down. <laughs> yeah. And, and when you get right back in that situation again, and experience matters so much and, and experience guard play matters so much in March. Uh, I think it would have been actually foolish to, to roll the dice. It wouldn't, and I'm not saying it wouldn't have paid off because Tyler Eulis was terrific and offensively Devin Booker was terrific, but um I think just from a logic standpoint, I think it would have been foolish to to bet on the young guys when you have two proven dudes who got you to the championship game the year before. Yeah. Well, I mean, Euless played – talk about a transition. Euless, who we're going to talk about in a second, uh, not Eulish, Euless, uh, he played a lot. They went three guard during right. the middle of the second half of that game a lot, and Euless played well. It was just – and people have said this – over and over again, it's just like we're reliving this trauma. It's like Booker hadn't made a shot, and he didn't shoot well in the tournament. Um, you know, we just didn't see Booker. Booker was—you could argue that he was misused based on the the data that we've seen in the NBA. But in that situation, he wasn't playing well. He was getting abused, and he couldn't—he couldn't stay in front of these older, more experienced Wisconsin players. And they hunted him. I don't know yes. if you remember they. You know, Bo Ryan was like, you want to switch everything? Okay, I've got all seniors who can all score one through five. So we're just going to hunt these right. switches. Yeah, whoever and, whoever Booker ends up on, we're attacking. And that's exactly what happened. 
Yeah, and so you got this. You, well, I don't. I don't know if they necessarily do net rating in college, but if it's like you know, if Booker can't hit a shot, he can't. He can't guard anybody. You can't have him out there in a Final Four game like that. It yeah. was just that the Wisconsin was too good. That was one of the best, if I'm not mistaken, one of the best offensive teams in the country. Yes. Uh, and it was I think just, in like a, in like the Ken Palm era, one of the most efficient uh, offensive teams. Yeah, they were excellent. So. I don't know. Not trying to relive all that horror, all those horrors, but yeah, we were <laughs> we were want, laughing. But you would want to ask about that. Yeah, um, yeah. What Wisconsin, would you ask? I'm looking right now. By the way, in 2015, Wisconsin in the Ken Palm numbers had the number one uh, offense offensive efficiency. Yeah, so I got I got that one right. <laughs> 129 uh, 129 points. Uh, per 100 possessions. Well, dude, they could shoot one through five. Like the, I think they had like five 40 percent three point shooters, and they yeah. were just they were so yeah. deliberate and smart. I don't I don't blame Bo Ryan but, for retiring after yeah. he had that team. Well, they were like they were like five points per 100 possessions better than anybody than, than the next closest team. <laughs> I mean, really ridiculous. Uh, it really is just unfortunate that Kentucky. Uh, yeah, far boohoo, right? When you got a team that is that right. historically talented, but that but was a bad was, matchup. It was like the one team that could beat them because I like they that team and Duke were the same. The, that Kentucky team and Duke were basically the same team, except Kentucky was a little more talented. And I think if Kentucky gets to Duke in the final, they win the national championship. That's um, what everybody says. I mean, you know, I mean. It, uh, maybe not, but I, that's I think so. And, and and really, even if they don't, the tragedy of what happened in that tournament is Kentucky at thirty nine and zero playing its like all time nemesis Duke to either be denied an undefeated season or to clinch the only forty and zero season in history. I mean that the ratings on that game would have been absurd like they would have been the the high that would have been the highest rated Uh, ncaa tournament game since the bird magic game which like broke you know every record ever i was gonna say it'd be like mash finale no maybe not that high but but but, yeah uh, i i don't i don't know how we go from media day to that to revisiting the 2015 title game well (laughs) that's that's one of the you know I, i feel like if cal somehow finds a way to which the players have to make the plays at the end of the day, but a lot of people uh, could crap on sort of Cal's uh, role in that and the players in, in the the decisions that were made in terms of the lineups and things like that. But yeah, that was, that was, that was a rough one. Um, we were going to end with, uh, well, did you have, did you have one that you wanted to throw real quick? We got like uh, just a few minutes here. If, we, if you want to throw one out. Um, I, th- I think the, uh, just for, in terms of this year's team asking a, a sort of a truth serum question, I would, I would just want, I feel like everyone in their comments about Nick Richards are trying to build him up and, and be positive about him and be positive for him. And you would, want to tear him down. No, I don't, but I would, <laughs> I would love to know, I would love, uh, uh, to talk to every person on the team for, and get an honest assessment of like is he ready can he do this because that to me that because that is the absolute biggest even if it wasn't for publication i'd like to know like i think it's a it's a critical piece of whether or not they're really going to make a title run this year um and i don't know that we i think he's the one guy that we probably never get a a hundred percent honest answer about now they've said some kenny Payne has said some you know tough love things about him and 
you know, we've done everything we can do. It's like we've trained him. We've taught him everything we can. Like now it's on him. It's some of the stuff he said last year. But even even when they do that, it's always sort of there's a they circle back to a message of hope and love and you know, we, we want we, we want to see him do it and we haven't given up on him. Uh but I'd love to know honestly, you know, do people on this team, especially the coaches, do they really do they think he can do it or not? So because mm-hmm. that's a key. I was thinking about it, man. I, I'm just <laughs> really quick to end. Gosh, man, Kerry Blackshear might get 35 and 20 on this <laughs> Kentucky team. He's yeah. gonna, he's just gonna sit down to the buffet and rub his hands. Hopefully not. Hopefully I'm wrong. But man, you want to talk about the weaknesses defensively? Uh, yeah, I the mean, question the, marks. Kerry is the the person that could could reveal them. So well, and that's gonna be. It's almost like the like when you draft. You know, when you have a draft and there's. Uh, a transcendent player and then there's another player that was taken ahead of him uh, that they're always going to be tied to each other. Um, it's not exactly like that, but like whatever happens with Kerry Blackshear Jr. and Florida and whether or not EJ and Nick are up to the challenge at Kentucky are going to be storylines all year. And like, especially when they play, you know, I mean, if, if, if the front court turns out to be the weakness, everybody's worried it could be for Kentucky all season. And then Kerry Blackshear is awesome all season. And especially if he dominates against Kentucky, um, that that's just not going to go away. Cause it's going to, it's going to kill Calipari. It's going to kill the Kentucky fans knowing that if, you know, if you just have that piece and it'll, and it'll be another one of those years, you know, there will be about the third time that you go, if this guy just came back or this guy just doesn't get hurt or we add this guy in the offseason, this one piece, then we have no flaws. But as it is, Kentucky may have pretty big flaws. Yeah. Well, that's part of college basketball, man. Uh, not like I need to tell you, but like, uh, you know, you get to put it together. It's almost like a, like trying to... Uh, p- putting the sequence together of personnel decisions and having things go your way. And as a Kentucky fan, it's easy to lose sight. I think, uh, uh, you know, how Kentucky basketball has been going on for what, a hundred and uh, 15 years, 14 years. I think Oh three was a hundred right. years of Kentucky basketball. Uh, and Kentucky has eight of them and four of them were not even in the modern era. So these suckers are hard to win. So, um, yeah, that's what it comes down to sometimes, perceivably. But anyway, uh, go and uh, subscribe to The Athletic and support Kyle Tucker's drug habit and everything that he's <laughs> oh, got geez. going on. And I'm uh, just kidding. He doesn't have a drug habit. And uh, <laughs> I want to be clear. And, hey, uh, hey don't, for, uh, don't forget, we, we don't have time to discuss it, but since we mentioned it, we should prob- that we were going to talk about him. Uh, Tyler Ulis has a has an NBA contract again. He's partially guaranteed yeah. with uh, with the Kings with De'Aaron Fox. But we'll talk about that maybe next week. But uh, I didn't want to yep. leave leave that one hanging since we said we're going to talk about this guy here in just a second. Also, he's listed as five foot ten on Basketball Reference. Which oh is no way! Hilarious <laughs> and poor guy. In so platform we'll, shoes. Yeah, on stilts. So uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Follow me. I'm at J Kyle Man. He is at Kyle Tucker underscore A T H. And uh, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow, guys. No, nope, not, not tomorrow. Next Monday. week. Yep. Love you. Bye. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.